This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 200, sponsored by Iverse Media, Discount Comic Book Service, Squarespace, and iFanboy members like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 200, coming at you live from Jim Hanley's universe in Manhattan in New York City. 
I just want a button that does that all the time. That just anyway. So uh, I'm Ron Richards, and I'm joined as always by Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Howdy. And for those who might not be in the know, we are from iFanboy.com, which is a website which is all about comic books. And uh, there we read a lot of comics. And every week we read a bunch of books that came out. And one of us has the pleasure of picking uh, the pick of the week and writes a review of it over on iFanboy.com. And then normally we gather in our respective homes and talk over Skype about the books that came out. But this week, since it's the 200th episode, we are here in Jim Hanley's universe uh, doing it in front of all you kind folks. So thank you for coming. Um, before we get started, uh, we're going to talk about what happened in the comics. So if you haven't read your comic books yet, if you're listening, press pause. If you're here, you might want to yeah, cover your ears or something. <laughs> or if you're just shopping. Yeah. Sorry. You can Sorry. run to the back. It's so, a big store. Spoiler warning. Back that way. But, uh, so just be careful. We might spoil something for you. Uh, this week, Josh had the pick, and I will hand it off to him. Yes. What an interesting week of comic books, because uh, normally we are deluged by, by Dark Rain and Blackest Night and all this, and this week was just all everything else. This was an out. awesome week. It was a really neat week, uh, if you like that kind of thing. But if you don't, you're probably not as happy. Um, turns out I do. Um, <laughs> So my pick of the week was uh, Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth number one from Vertigo. It is the third of their series of $1 first issues. And I was really, really looking forward to this for a long time for a few reasons. One, there, there isn't, not, a, not one of us wasn't thoroughly uh, touched by Essex County, the, yeah. the trilogy that he did. And, and over time, you just see more and more people pick it up. And it, it's a really significant work, and Ron. And irregardless of this book, if you haven't read Essex County yet, they just released a volume of all three stories in one volume in trade and hardcover. If they have it here, if you're thinking about getting it, get it. It's probably one of the best books, collections. It's going to win an Eisner next year. So <coughs> We still, always say that. We always happens. do. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Maybe I, I just jinxed it. We've no never gotten one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no one that we ever suggest would win ever wins. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this book coming out, I was, I was really looking forward to it. But it's interesting because it's a sci-fi book. Now, now Lemire had done a very short a uh, graphic novel called The Nobody for, for Vertigo, and it was, it was a little out of his comfort zone, but still you could see the, the similarity to the work that he'd done before. But this is like a full-on boy with deer antlers, science fiction, post-apocalyptic story that seems to be pretty far to the stuff he'd done before, and it's an ongoing, which he'd never done before. So I was really looking forward to it. Plus, um, here's your inside baseball. We talked to some people from D.C. Um, in San Diego, and they were, like, they were like, you don't understand how good the book is. is. And we were like, okay, whatever. You know, but like, no. Yeah. By issue three, it's God on paper. And they were very excited. So I had very high expectations for it. However, um, I know that when I read a Jeff Lemire book, it's not the kind of book that you're going to read and go, uh, like, you're not going to turn the page and go, oh, my God. It doesn't work like that. It's very subtle, and it's, it's, it's very emotional uh, in a very sort of quiet way. They're really quiet books. So when I got it and I read everything else and I started thinking about the stuff that was making me uh, you know, think about it afterwards, and I went back and I read it again. This was easily the best thing that I read this week. Um, and also, just it's a really good book for people to try out at one dollar. Um, yeah, well, yeah. First off, it's a dollar. So like Vertigo has been doing this with their number one issues. Like you, everybody has a dollar. Like it's uh, my Snapple costs more than a dollar. Like there's no excuse not to pick this up to just to give it a shot. And the great thing about what Lemire does is that like yes, Josh, it's like the 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 elevator pitch for the story is like Bambi meets Mad Max. You know, because so, the kid's got antlers and it's all post-apocalyptic. But what's great is that you know Lemire has a uh, subtle, like, emotional aspect to his stories. Like, they're, it's they're, in his yeah. lines. Yeah, like, the, just as, for whatever reason, like, you look at his artwork. It's not—he's not Jim Lee, right? But like, there's just this 
consuming emotion that's coming through his drawings for whatever reason. And it's, from all I can tell and everything I've heard, like he draws at the speed of light. Yeah. Like he can put out a book a month easy. It's, it's no problem for him. Um, you know, and the other thing I like about this book is that I don't really know anything about it. Right. Like at this point in this issue, I don't know very much. We know that there is a... Uh, a, I guess like a reservation or a preserve, and there so, there was an accident. Something happened. Something happened, and no other kids are being born except for a few, and the ones that are are special. They're hybrids, which is uh, assume this kid Gus is one of them, and for some reason he has uh, deer features. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, so it's just him and his dad living in the woods, and he tells him the rest. The father tells him the rest of the world's evil. You've got the Bible and each other, and we're good. And then the dad dies, and then some hunters come, and and we're and then another guy shows up. That's basically what happened. That's, yeah, I mean, that's like, the whole thing. And, and the thing is that, like, <laughs> like Essex County and the Nobody were kind of complete graphic novels. This is an ongoing, on a monthly basis. So, like, this is just a taste of what I'm used to with Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm used to a complete story. And there, there was. It's yeah. true. But there was a scene of, of uh, an uncomfortable, quiet scene at a dinner table. Yes. And that <laughs> is what Jeff Lemire does better than anybody. See, I guess you haven't read Essex County. He but, did. <laughs> thought it was funny. I'm, I'm going to take a slight... Uh, opposite Always. of viewpoint. I like. I thought it was a solid four-star book. I gave it mm-hmm. four on five. A, a fanboy, but I think with color, his art is really diminished. Really, I find really? it much more powerful when it's starkly black and white. Yeah, this is his first colored uh, work, and Jose Villaruba, who's one of the best colorists around. And it's nothing against him, but I feel like colored. his art needs to be black and white. I feel like his art in the other two books are way really powerful. Like those, those, yeah. no, the Nobody and Essex County, you know, were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's good, but I just feel like it's sort of almost flattens the art. Which is ironic because you're it's adding color. It's kind of flat anyway, I would say. No, but I feel like there's, when it's black and white, the black is really starkly black. Mm. Whereas here, it's colored, so it's not as yeah. It's not as starkly black. Now, the other thing is, we, I'm used to we're used to reading him in graphic novel form, mm-hmm. where you really immerse yourself in the story. Right. It was so slight. It was only yeah, one it, issue. It, it, go, it, really, went, it went really fast. It went really. I don't mean slight from a content standpoint. From a, you didn't really get to invest yourself in the characters in the story. So right. when it was over. I wanted more, but I also didn't feel connected to it. Right. Because there wasn't a lot of it. And that's the challenge with the ongoing versus the graphic novel, because we only get 22 pages of the story. And and like we said, we spoke to the folks at DC, and they said, by issue three, it just was going to blow your mind. You know, so you've got to, you've almost got to commit to those three issues to get to that point. Um, whereas in a graphic novel, you're getting that all in one shot. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was really yeah. good. It just, for yeah. me, when I finished it, I was like, right. you know. It's weird to sit in the middle. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, um, but no, I, I like the color. This is the first colored work we've seen from Lemire, and I, I was a little uh, nervous about it. But when I saw the pages on, online, if when the preview I, I, pages went up, I was happy. If I you mean, were going to color it, I think this is the way to color it. Yeah. It wasn't overly done. It was fairly flat, and it was sort of subdued and subtle. So it sort of fit yeah. along with that style. Plus, also Lemire has—he's cleaned up his style a lot for this. I, mean, I like I like his rougher art better. Yeah. You'll see, it'll see it. It's going to look cleaner as he goes on. Yeah. From the other thing that I've heard, I th- one of the other things I thought was really neat is in the beginning of it, um, it's. It's all very uh, stayed. It's very calm, and as the action starts to pick up and the danger comes up, like the angles get canted a little more, and you start to see the the artwork take a slightly different um, tone to it. Um, yep. It's just a little more exciting and a little more scary, and there's a lot more upshots and things like that. And, and it's just a visual way of, of cueing us that you know, shit's getting hairier now. Yeah. Um, well, and Lemire's great. I mean, the thing about Lemire is his pacing, because he's writing and drawing it, so he's controlling the pace on both levels, mm-hmm. and he's taking you through the story at the speed he thinks that you should go, mm-hmm. um, which is a subtle kind of ability that not, you know, when it's done really well, you don't notice it, but when it's done poorly, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, and, mm-hmm. and given the single-issue format, I thought the pacing was great.
great. Um, and I'm really interested because, like, from a theme standpoint, a lot of Lemire is kind of like his his uh, his wheelhouse is the story set in small towns. So, like, Essex County is in a small town in Canada. You know, the whole idea of small town living. The nobody was in a small fishing town with yeah. Big Mouth or whatever it is, um, which for some reason I thought was in Wisconsin. I don't know why. Maybe it was. I don't know where it was. But um, but the idea of this is that you know you've got this this freakish deer boy. Who's Gus. been Gus? Who's been living in seclusion in a small town, and now his father dies, and he's living got a, in, a, in a shack. Yeah, yeah. Not even there's, a town. No, there's no town. There's no town. Other right? Yeah, exactly. It's but a now shack and surrounding woods. He's gonna he's gonna go into society. He's gonna go into you know he's gonna travel, and it's gonna become like a road book where he's gonna move out of that small town into a bigger world. And I think I'm, the thing is, yeah. I'm excited to see what that world looks like. Right. Because he's obviously going to have to go out of the things that he's done before, and I, I you know, and it's an interesting metaphor for the journey Jeff Lemire is taking as a creator. Because now he's going from Look indie at you books. I know. How about that? Look at the analysis. You know, and now he's working I'm for. Done. <laughs> and now he's working for DC Comics and and doing Vertigo books and you know and I I interviewed Jeff in San Diego and I asked him at the end of the interview you know you're doing all these indie books do you have any desire to do a superhero book and he kind of grinned and said well maybe I already am so something might be in the works on the superhero world. It's going to be a Green Lantern, which is really <laughs> a stretch. Did you that. have trouble picking a pick of the week this week? Not really. Because I still haven't picked one. Well, it was an odd week. There were a lot of fours. There were a lot of a lot of things that were pretty good, but not blow you away. Yep. Uh, you know, there wasn't like the issue that. It took three tries to finish my books this week. Wow. I'm like I said, down to read them all. Yeah. You know, you sent me an email saying what a crappy week, and I was like, no, this is a great week. And by this crappy, I meant nothing really stood out big time. But there was a yeah. lot of like good. Reads. Yeah. But nothing really blew you away. Well, I thought it was interesting that with all that, everybody knows the news about Marvel and Disney and stuff like that, and that there was no, like, what front. <laughs> there was no, um, that Disney but Marvel. Seven times. There was no. It doesn't um, get old, though. I'm gonna it never gets old. It's going to keep coming back. It's going to get called back. There was no frontline <laughs> Marvel book that came out this week. Like, if somebody heard in the news on Monday that Disney but Marvel went to the comic store and showed me the latest Marvel comics book, it was like Strange Tales. Well, you know, like like theoretically, the books from last week would still be there. True. Yeah, I know. I mean, but I just thought it was, it was the worst shop on yeah. earth. <laughs> uh, uh, we got. Uh, they burn them. Yeah. For warmth. But um, Spider-Man. <laughs> but I thought it was a really diverse. It was a diverse week, and there was I thought there was some really good stuff. Um, uh, Irredeemable number six came out from Boom Studios, which is uh, Mark Wade and Peter Krause. Um, you know, continuing the story. Last uh, last issue, issue five, was the ninety nine cent issue. So hopefully, people mm -hmm. jumped on with that. Um, I just, with every issue, this gets better and better in my eyes. I think the art gets better and better. Yeah. You yep. can see a noticeable improvement in the art, which I've always liked in the beginning, but uh, this is becoming one of my favorite series. Yeah. And I really can't decide why. I think it's because it's beautifully twisted, and that's not what you expect from Mark Wade. Yeah, and, and what's great is that, I mean, for those who aren't reading the book, it's about what if a Superman-type character goes mad and turns evil and starts killing all his, you know, his co-heroes and killing everyone. Um, and each issue, I mean, it's being told in issue format, and it's being told in such a way that you get this little compact story about his descent into madness while keeping the bigger story moving. And, and this was the, one of the first ones I thought that really touched on some of the bigger things yeah. that made him go wonky. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was neat. I assume that the very scene in the very beginning was him. The kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's like so a little he's orphan he's remembering kid. His time Did you see on the, the front of the door is his logo? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. You, you gotta read, read these, comic. right? Yeah, you gotta look at the books. Listen, I had a lot of books to read. I went fast. <laughs> I don't get all the details. He was remembering his, when, when he first found his powers and freaked his mom out. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he killed her with a bike. Maybe he did. I don't Maybe know. Maybe she deserved it. I, th I think he did. <laughs> wow. <My> anyway, <laughs> Connor's mother's here, everyone. <laughs>
<laughs> but, um, you did deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just think the juggling between the the present and the past, and you know, like th those are you know, telling that kind of story is not easy. And Mark Wade is probably one of the best writers out there. I think it's from the nineties. You know, he was a big big writer. He sort of fell off in the last five years. Came back with fifty two. But this is sort of a reminder that he's really, 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 really good. No, yeah, and he knows what he's doing with the superhero yeah. books. Yeah, especially with these, you know, morally. And it's so you know, far off his comfort zone. Yeah, he's like old school guy. He likes the like he could, when stuff. he did like the the bold, brave and the bold. It yeah. was all like deep continuity. Take out every character from the toy box yeah. that I know everything about. And this is just this is more empireish. Just yeah, this is yeah. dark and twisted. All new. I did like when the um, when his former super team, the other heroes, they're trying with each issue. Uh, the super, the other heroes are trying to get away because they want to hide. So they, yeah, so they don't die. So this this issue, they escape to his secret lair, which is in the middle of a volcano. And like in the middle, floating in, in the like lava. Like floating in the lava, you can only teleport into it. But I like there's a shot, Peter Krause drew a shot of the building of the hideout in the volcano. And there's like a statue of yeah. him and his logo. Like it's just, I mean, the little touches like that make this like this realized universe that, you know, that I'm discovering with each issue. Those are the big kind of comic book ideas that Mark Wade does really well. I remember, because yeah. I hadn't read him for a while. Like outside of 52, I think that Brave and the Bold thing was the first thing that I read from him in a while. And like I remember just being struck over and over by the imagination. Yeah. And like that's one of the things that he does really well. And this is a book that he's like at first I wasn't sold on it. Like I was like, I think I like it, but I want to see what happens. Right. And now I'm I'm totally sold on it. Yeah. It's a really good, enjoyable look. Yeah, so you haven't caught up. The first trade is like nine ninety nine, collects issues one through four. You probably still get issue five. You can get this issue. It's a great, you know, book from Boom Studios, independent publisher. They kinda need help maybe now, because after the Disney deal. The what deal? <laughs> right, exactly. So Anyway, so you're a deal. We'll check that out. It's coming back the whole segment. It'll be, it's going to be really funny <laughs> every at book, some point. Every book. Um, By this book, it'll be real funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go with that. Uh, the, one of the books that I considered, I thought about, was Chew Number 4. You don't Chew need to validate yourself to me. Just to, why? Because I'm just curious. I just want you to love me. I do. Okay. In a special way. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, shoe number three was pick of the week last time. Yeah, it was. Um, and it's funny because... This was really good, too. It was really good, but this was part four of five, mm -hmm. and it was a radical departure from where we were in three. Like, it mm -hmm. went in a completely different place, and I was like, is this a new arc? Is it not? Right. Um, but it was still a hell of a lot of fun. There was, there was a page, there was a specific page in it. It was great. Um, were they? We're all just looking at it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, you'll have to. They're, they're, I'm trying to remember what it was that exactly happened. It was. It was the. Um, oh, urn. the ashes. Yep. They they turn an urn full of ashes into a fan, and it covers all the characters in the scene with dust. And, and I'd never seen a page done this way. Like yeah. I was like, that's a new Not thing in a that, comic book. Gray. Which for me, it stayed great through the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was a really fun page. But I think what's so great about Chew and why Chew is like the surprise of the summer is that uh, Layman, the writer, and Rob Guillory, the artist, they're coming up with something new every issue that is completely unexpected. Last issue it was the theme, <laughs> it was the it was the woman, the food critic. Mm -hmm. This issue was the idea of this. Um, our Antarctic uh, base that is like a uh, what's a planetarium or a star like a big telescope yeah. placey observatory. I love observatory. That. Thank you. But um, so there's an observatory, and the idea being that the government has funded them and they've given them thirty million dollars, and they show up and there's like a bar and strippers, <laughs> and they're like, and they the, they only need three million to run. Yeah, the they're place. like, we only need three million to run the place, and so and we start we started, out of their minds. Yeah, they said we started buying everything our wildest dreams could imagine. And it's all the strippers and the bars, like, and then we bought the things that were jokes, and there's like an alpaca. Uh, like, <laughs> just like, right? And it's like this idea of what is, you know, like all these little things in the government that are way overfunded, what yeah. would really happen? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like this, this little universe that but they're building. But then it went planetary, too. Yes, yeah. it did. And that's what I think at the end, I was like, wow, that's, 
That was well, a departure. Well, yeah, no, and, and not so, in a bad so, way. So the book, the book went from like a pseudo-realistic kind of cop kind of thing about chasing down, you know, illegal food substance, and by the end of this issue, now we've got a science fiction angle to it, I which missed, I didn't see coming I at all. I kind of missed the chicken angle because I really liked that in the beginning, where the whole yeah. idea of the chickens being drugs, and we kind of gotten away from that a little bit. It does feel. It did feel to me like it was early to start making a departure, but yeah. it may be trying to. It was one of those things where. I've heard some things about, like, well, how far can this go? How long can they take this? And with this issue, you see that there are so many stories that can be told in this world. There's so many things that they can do, you know, with these guys. And that's the thing is that we're worried about this book is that how far can it last mm -hmm. because of this, this great concept. You tell somebody the idea, and it's like, oh, that's a great idea, but how can you stretch that out 60 issues? You do it as a case-based sort of thing. Imagination. Exactly. True. That's why I'm not a writer. No, uh, there's nothing else that can be done with this. They've <laughs> solved comics. <laughs> so Chew was really good. Um, yes. The last issue of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips Incognito came out this week. And can I ask you a question about it? Yeah, sure. What was the point of it? What was the point of it? Like I finished it and I was like, all right. I thought it was really good. I thought it was like this, this might have been the best, the best, issue. One, best issue. I, yet. I, I think the whole series. I kind of feel like. Oh, I don't know what the point of the issue of the series was. Like, yeah, I don't. I there was that. not really a, an arc to the story. It's kind of like. Well, yeah, it was the story of Zach Overkill. No, I mean, but it was. It was. It was, I was. I was never attached to him. He was never really explored. Oh, like, you made your mind up about this one no, early. No, I didn't. I liked this, the first three. You were like, okay. No, no, I did. I, I thought this Let's was. Let's go back to the videotape. This was. <laughs> is there a videotape? <laughs> I tape all. Okay. <laughs> you don't even want when to see When the light comes on, on your webcam, that means <laughs> yeah. I've, I've hacked in, it's on. Oh. I see everything. Um, God, you're creeping me out a lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> With all these people, it's. Um, this was my most. I'd say this is my favorite of these issues for yep. a couple of reasons. It was one of the ones where all of a sudden, again, those big science fiction superhero ideas, he started to use them. He was doing a superhero book before. But it was like in the style of criminal. And in this one, he was like, you know what? Let's 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 have clones and and the creepy lady who was terminal, who was always sixteen, and then she turned like ninety or whatever she was. Her age caught up with her. Yeah, yep. and, and it was just some neat ideas and some things going on. Well, also, again, again, I mean, like Irredeemable, this is the creation of a universe that like we're so used to reading Marvel comics and DC comics for you know seventy years of cont continuity and stories, and not direct continuity, but the idea of these you know these characters and these worlds. And like with Irredeemable, with Chew, with Incognito, these are examples of Writers doing something new, trying to introduce something new to the to the lexicon, mm -hmm. and I love the idea. Like this had a this had a flashback to um, a previous hero that um, is the main character is somewhat related to through cloning, and it's like I want to know more about that character. Like with every kind of reveal, that, I see the that future. That was my biggest problem with that yeah. was that every time he he crammed so much in that we never really got to know anything. And he admitted that at the end, he said that this you know this is the last issue, and and I had a hard time. It's this is the reason why it took so long to come out is because it's a little fatter than usual. Yeah. And he said I had so much stuff to cram into it. I, you know, I kind of underestimated how many pages I need, and it just that idea like. I wish that you know Ed Brubaker could tell these kind of stories all the time because it seems like there's a lot of you know good ideas to mine from it. Yes, that and and not to take anything away, but Sean Phillips is one of my favorite artists. This and, was really strong. And every issue that he did of this was really really strong. And yep. this one might have been the best of them. Yeah. Um, this is Sean Phillips at his best. So, I mean, great pages, great layouts in this. Uh, really good storytelling by Sean Phillips and, and the Val Staples colors uh, are probably getting better. Yeah. I think. As but so after this they're, they're doing another arc of Criminal which I'm sure you guys will be happy about. Yay. Right. I am happy about that. Yeah. Quite happy about that. Yeah. Um, so. So Connor did you if you were going to pick a pick of the week what would yours have been? Right now it's Strange Tales. And I one, absolutely agree with you. Which made me laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh the whole time I was reading it. The, um, this isn't the first time Marvel's done this. So, for those who don't know, Strange Tales is a—it's going to be a three-issue um, little mini-series from Marvel Knights. It's like an anthology where they've gotten uh, a lot of the leading kind of underground and independent uh, creators to do stories of Marvel characters, which you don't typically see. 
Um, they, last time they did this, uh, I feel like it was like the early 2000s. Well, when, when Bendis did... I forget. Team up or something? Did he no, 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 before that, because Mafu did stuff, and I forget the title, but was, they've done this before. That was the Bendis book. That was the Bendis book. Was it the Bendis book? Yeah. Anyway, team up. So, um, so in this one, we've got I forget how many stories there are, but we got a Inhuman story by Paul Pope, which if you're all reading Wednesday comics and you see a Strange Adventures, like if you haven't discovered Paul Pope's uh, stuff before, go out and check it out because if this his art is awesome, and you, the big Inhumans fan, did you like it or? I'm gonna be the dissenting voice. I did not like this book, but yeah. it was like okay. I mean, I kind of like. I got the feeling like, if I want to read this guy's stuff, any of these guys' stuff, I'd rather read their stuff. Right. And instead of w watching them play novelty games with with the Marvel characters. Well, yeah, they're send ups. I mean, none of these stories mean and, anything. And, yeah. and so, like, I think, and this was just my move when I was reading my books. I wanted something that grabbed me in right. some way, and these were just uh, trivialities, well, trivial you know, uh, diversions. You know what this? You know what I like in this most too? Is um, this is almost like uh, bands doing cover songs? Yeah, a little, yeah. So Paul Hope, Paul Pope doing the Inhumans, or or Peter Baggett doing um, doing Hulk, or yeah. Jason doing Spider Man. Like you don't typically get to see them do that. Mm -hmm. And so like they, yes, it's a novelty, but you know, I mean, James Kul Kul I can never pronounce Kulchaka. that Kolchaka. Um, you know, th these are great creators. You know, and if they expose, sure. and if people get exposed to their work by telling a Marvel story, and then they go check out their normal stuff, that's good for them too. It is, no, it's good. Yeah. I'm not decrying it all, but like, did yeah. I enjoy it? Like, it was all right. It was, yeah. it was fun, I guess. I, I liked looking at the art. Yeah. More than anything else, like that's what it was like for me. I was like, oh, the art's yeah. neat. It's, yeah. it's neat to see these things, but it wasn't like I was like yeah. wrapped. But that's that's my taste. Connor, which one was your favorites? It's hard. There's so many of them. I really liked the Doctor Strange, the Nightmare one. Yeah. I, lo I loved the Punisher story. Um, I loved the the. The bar fight story and yep. the Inhumans. I mean, they're all. I love the one-page Wolverine and Beast story where he finds a blue hair in Jean Grey's bed and kills the Beast, and it's a teddy bear's hair. Yeah. Well, uh, Nicholas Gerwitz, who does the Perry Bible Fellowship, which is an online comic that Dark Horse has collected, did a bunch of one-pagers that are in his style, which are just great. I mean, um, it was really just very funny and inventive yeah. and original. I liked the, it. The Doctor Strange vs. Nightmare story by Dash Shaw was my favorite, probably, because yeah, that, that was the, the one that the, I was the least expecting and was hysterical. Like, it made me laugh. Like, and I love Nightmare, and he never gets used anymore, so... Yeah, no, I, I really, I, I thought it was a nice diversion and a nice change of pace and very funny. Yeah, so it was good. So, the, but the next issue of Strange Tales, I believe the next issue, um, has got uh, a Black Widow story by Matt Kint, who did Super Spy, um, which I saw pages from and it looks awesome. So keep an eye out for that. All right, so before we move on, just want to quickly thank one of our sponsors. I um, want to thank uh, iVerse Comics. Uh, if you, everybody's talking about digital comics on the iPhone and iPod and stuff like that, and iVerse is one of the leading folks making those. Um, they just released the new version of their application. You can get it for 99 cents in the iTunes uh, Music Store, and with that, you get 30 free comics. So if you have an iPod or iPhone, there's no reason not to. Um, they also recently launched uh, ArchieDigital.com, which is Archie Comics on your iPhone. And now after Archie's uh, 600th issue, the Archie's cool Archie's again. back. Archie's back. So uh, <laughs> huge. So um, if you go to Ivers, if you go to IversMedia.com forward slash iFanboy and sign up, we've got a great uh, offer for everybody. Um, if you go to IversMedia.com forward slash iFanboy and buy the application, you get entered in a, a contest to win a free iTunes gift card, so you can buy more comics. Um, but if you don't have an iPhone or an iPod um, and you're on Twitter, as everybody is, um, if you tweet out... Um, anybody who's anybody. If you tweet out by September 16th um, and write at iFanboy and at Iverse Comics and just say, I want to win an iPod Touch or something along those lines, we're going to pick one winner, one winner on September 16th to win an iPod Touch. Um, don't tweet a million times. The first time you do it, you're entered, so we don't want to do like a deluge of that. But So uh, send out a tweet to at iFanboy and at Iverse Comics to win an iPod Touch, and we thank Iverse Comics for supporting us. Awesome. Yeah. 
Um, moving forward, uh, we have more comics still. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. They dropped it. Yeah. In the indicia, it says Ultimate Spider-Man number two. I'm, I'm so great. We're back to Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man number two. I'm very happy yes. with that. Um, the new, uh, the new era with, with David LaFuente on art. Status quo. Um, you still happy? And John I'm, Suntress, by the way. Yes. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, there's a couple of things. So this gets the, it uh, looks like Principal Suntress has survived uh, the ultimatum event. And now he looks a lot more like his namesake. He really does, oh. yeah. So if you don't listen to Word Balloon, or if you do listen to Word Balloon and you want to see what John Suntress kind of looks like in comic form, you can see him as the principal in this book. But um, before we get into the story, just I, David LaFuente is one of my favorite artists now, and this issue totally nailed it down, because I thought this issue was even stronger than the last one. Mm -hmm. We got a ton of action. I loved how in, uh, the building blew up and Spider-Man like, jumped with the explosion, and for the great, rest of the yeah. book, the back of his costume was all burned. There was um, a couple of interesting action scenes. There was some, there was some speed lines in here I saw in a couple yeah. of them. Um, I love how no matter who's drawing it, his hair is bad. Yeah, no matter what, his he's hair is really bad. He's still got that, that well, like, it's long like, in the front well, bang. Well, because it's like March 2001, because it's so you know, only so much time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> he's rocking an old haircut. But, um, uh, no, and, and, and like you said, the speed lines, and also I love the way he handled his webbing. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it like looks like this explosion. No, the, art, the art is Yeah, the art was just really, really good. Um, I kind of got irked, and I normally, I normally don't respond, but somebody uh, mentioned on Twitter, they said, Wow, Ron, you said that you know, nothing's changed in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe and you couldn't be more wrong. And I went, hmm. And I went and I thought maybe he was reacting to this issue. So I sat down and read this issue and I was like, no, nothing's changed. Like, Ultimatum didn't mean anything to this book. And, you know, All right. Yeah, so. Um, but I love the new Mysterio. I think uh, Mysterio is a classic character that I'm glad to see ultimatized. And it looks like Bendis is doing it in a good way. So. I like how these high school students had a whole picnic set up ready for their, to go on you the You didn't roof. bring a picnic to school every day? I, I didn't. Case? I didn't. Well, once. they're on the roof. They're on the roof. They're like, they they're young in love. You do things like that. They've got a lot sure of stuff. Do. I mean, like, no, he has a. He has no, a, come on, wait, it's he has Tupperware. A with a rose in it. It's Tupperware, right, because he's a science nerd. That makes sense. And they've got Tupperware and w bottled water. It's all right. And a rug. He's got, he has to worry about the crime fighting, and he's Well, obviously, still, he's Gwen going. did this. Gwen did that. Gwen Stacy, she's got a heart of gold. So, anyway, but Ultimate Spider Man's awesome. You just creep me out now. <laughs> Ultimate Spider Man's great. Um, uh, anybody reading Resurrection from Oni Press? Um, it's uh, one of their ongoings. Um, as, you, sir! Talk uh, about it. Uh, I just binge read. I've been buying... The, the, issue 3 came out this week, and I bought Issue 1 and 2, and I sat down and finally read them all. And I, I remember when the Resurrection miniseries came out, and the idea was, it's Mark Guggenheim, who uh, has been writing Spider-Man, um, and he's been doing some stuff in Marvel. Uh, basically, the premise was an alien invasion and how the Earth deals with it and all stuff like well, that. Well, after they leave, after the well, aliens leave. Well, yeah. now, this, now this ongoing story is really... After after the invasion happens, what is life like in the in the world after an alien invasion? Kind of similar to The Walking Dead and like what life like after a zombie invasion. It isn't. But, it isn't. Right. Yeah. Because the zombies aren't around anymore. It, no, but, the, but that, the this is it's also really dealing with the politics. Yes. And exactly. how do you reform your leadership? And, and in this, I mean, in issue, uh, this is three, right? Um, yep. They got Carl Rovian type characters taking over the government, taking over the military, and this is this day, the invasion happens when Clinton is president, so he was the president, and yep. and. Um, so the, this Rovian character has the military. There's, there's this one guy in the cover who's the Secretary of Veteran Affairs, and so people think he might be the president. In the line of secession. That's really right. about the government. I mean, Walking Dead's more about survival, but here yeah. there's nothing to survive except for each other and, the, and it, not having any leadership. It almost reminds me of like a little bit of Why the Last Man, mm -hmm. a little bit of Walking Dead in terms of the having to reinvent the world and reinvent yeah. the society. Um, I don't know. It, just, it, it really captured my imagination, and, and Guggenheim's a great writer. And I like the, the format, how it's one main story and then a flashback story. It yeah. fills it out. And I liked this one a lot because at the end, the Rovian 
Lothian character burns the Constitution, and for some reason I had a really visceral reaction to that page. Yeah. It's just big, it's just front, big page of the Constitution burning, and I, just, I remember reading it going, ugh. It's yeah. so weird to me looking at that. It's, a, it's an Oni book, but yep. it doesn't look like any other Oni book I've ever seen. It's full color, yeah. It looks like a comic book. I mean, you know, as, as we typically know them. Right. And there's a great and there's a great like kind of examination of you know the idea of that the the bad guy never thinks he's the bad guy yeah. and so how do you know who the bad guy is then and and with all these people vying for power and and vying for you know ruling the country um, I know Guggenheim's the guy behind the new TV show Flash Forward you might have seen ads for so the guy's the guy's pretty good and this is his own kind of creator on series and it's one worth worth checking out while still early in the issues because I imagine like a year from now we might be talking about I like it the politics series. angle I think if you like yeah. X Machina or stuff like that you might yep. enjoy it yeah totally so. Um, Another book I wanted to highlight quickly was uh, Brian Wood's Northlanders. Uh, issue 20 came out, and it was the first issue of the arc uh, with the original artist, uh, David Gianfelice. Felice? What? Um, yeah. And, um, Are you Italian? I am. Uh, and it's, uh, this arc is called Sven the Immortal, and it's uh, going back to the, the character from the first arc. If you read Northlanders from when it first uh, started, uh, the character Sven, who returned to his homeland and the big battle that happened from there. This uh, fast forwards in his life to the point where he's married, has kids, and these Vikings have come back to try to kill him, and it's kind of drud uh, drudging up all those previous you know, violence and stuff like that. Um, just it, it, it is interesting to see the original creative team 20 issues later after they started to see now that Brian Wood's way more comfortable writing Vikings, way more comfortable with the format. Matt, to see the original artist, it was just—it was kind of nice for me to kind of reminded me when the book launched. I just finished the second trade last night. Fact. Yeah, do you like the it? The Ryan Kelly arc. The Ryan Kelly arc was good. It was good it. until the very end, I thought. The end, it ended. I felt like it rushed. It ended but, very quickly. Yeah. But other than that, it was enjoyable. Yeah. So I thought I thought beforehand the Mighty was was my forerunner. I thought this will be the this will be the Mighty's week. It was very good. It was very good, but it wasn't it wasn't in a spectacular. I like that the Mighty comes out the same week every week is irredeemable because there's sort of parallel stories of a superhero seemingly gone bad and at this point we're just waiting this one's more about atmosphere yeah because he hasn't really done anything horrible he's, he's killed a couple people but not on the scale of well we don't know about it well but we haven't seen it in the right, book but I mean, yeah. we're not watching him do horrible things like in irredeemable but this one's more about the, the encroaching fear mm -hmm. every issue gets tighter and tighter and you're just waiting by the end yeah, for something bad it's to happen extremely tense this and is if this book gets cancelled before we find out the truth I will kill someone <laughs> is it in any danger to get canceled? I've heard rumors, but I don't want to start other rumors. But right, yeah, that's a good way to do that. Um, what do you know? I hope it. I hope it doesn't, because because I'm not. I'm like I'm just getting. Re I, I went back because and got we, the issues. We get a hint that there's something How good is this book? The art is amazing. The art is great, and the, the book art is good. Great. The book is really good. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of book that people should be reading. I mean, this is. I mean, this is one that every every issue I like it more than I did before. Yeah. And like this one, I was like, I think this is one of my favorite series coming out right now. Yep. It really, it's really exciting. It's very tense. It's very moody and gorgeous. Dave Johnson covers on every one of them. Mm -hmm. yep. um, really great covers. Uh, check this book out. If when it, um, get the trade or, or find the the issues are everywhere. Yeah. Like, I think the first issues are here. I saw them earlier, so you can find them. It's worth it. Very much so. Absolutely. They are. Um, they're not. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll get them back. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, cable number 18 I wanted to kind of quickly highlight because there was that whole um, the whole crossover that happened with X-Force and Cable and, and uh, the, <laughs> the phone's not even on folks it's <laughs> show crap <laughs> um, but <laughs> you're reading <laughs> still doesn't make sense <laughs> Anyway, so Cable came out. Um, Dwayne Straczynski is a great writer. The art changed, and I really did enjoy the artist. The artist um, was a more classic kind of Marvel superhero. Uh, Gabriel Guzman had a more kind of classic comic look to it. 
um, you know, as opposed to um, some of the artists that were on before it. I think, you know, in that crossover, it was like Clayton Crane and Ariel Olivetti and those kind of folks. Um, the one thing is that for those who read the X-Men know that the main thrust of Cable has been him protecting the little red-headed girl who's the last mutant, the, the most... Not, not Jean Grey? Not Jean Grey, supposedly. But it's been, it's been like over a year and we still don't know who the girl is. We still don't know. They're still on the run from Bishop. It's a like, It's good to read. The comic is good, but it's the story's got to get all... It's got to move on. Like, that's, yeah, I read it, and I was just like, it was enjoyable, but I'm tired. I mean, that started when I was reading Uncanny way yeah. back. Like, over a year ago. Yeah, no, more than that. Yeah, so. That's yeah. annoying. So, yeah, so it's, it looked good. He's got a big gun. He's got a big gun. Big yeah. gun right there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, nice. All right, our last book that we want to talk about. Last book is uh, Immortal Weapons number two. two. Yeah. Um, this is actually, if you've never read any of the Iron Fist or, or um, Immortal Weapons or anything, it was almost a standalone story about one of the... Immortal weapons, which are the warriors from the Iron Fist tournament that the you remember. Guy. Yeah, the Fat yeah. Cobra and the Bride of Nine Spiders or whatever. This is uh, basically two stories in here, and the main who's, story who's was written by Cullen Bunn. Cullen Bunn is the guy who Ooh, wrote like him. who wrote The Damned, yeah. um, which is a, a nice little graphic novel. Uh, there's a couple uh, three-issue series that had come out from Oni, um, a book I really, really liked a lot, and this is his first Marvel work. Um, and it's being drawn by Dan Brereton, who's sort of a classic horror uh, artist. And it was a good little little short story about these. It was almost like a BPRD story, like relic hunters that had gone to to find a relic that had to do with the Bride and the Nine Spiders, and and the little thing that happens in the little haunted house they get. And so, if you were looking for that kind of story from Marvel Comics, it was a, a book that you know a lot of people probably would miss, and I thought I'd point it out. Uh, the Damned is, is a really great graphic novel, um, and, and this is a guy who's a, who's a good writer, and you will hear more from him. Cool. Excellent. So those are the comics that we enjoyed this week, and if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the books that came out this week, and you can sign up for an account and do your pull list and rate and write your own reviews um, and share with the public what you think. And uh, we wanted to highlight a couple of reviews of books that we're not reading. Um, so, Connor, why don't you do the first one? Owly fan reviewed Invincible Iron Man 17, gave the story a 5 out of 5, and the art a 5 out of 5. That's two lines. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you can't work with that. I don't know what that meant. User <laughs> the users picked this book 4.9%. And Owly fan said, I <laughs> roll with it. I'm, I am. I admit the first arc of the series wasn't the greatest, but once the Dark Reigns tie-in kicked in, this book has gotten consistently better with each issue. It's almost like getting four stories in one issue as you have a Tony Stark story, one for Pepper, one for Maria Hill and Black Widow and Norman Osborn. I also appreciate Fraction's writing showing Tony's mind is deteriorating, be it his misspelled email to Maria Hill or to his listening to an introduction to electrical engineering audiobook while flying in his suit. I stopped reading Invincible Iron Man at like issue three, mm -hmm. and I've just heard people talk about how great it is since I've dropped it. So I don't know if those two are related. I, I picked or... up one or two here and there. Yep. Um, it's okay. Yeah. It was good. You don't Appar like, you apparently, don't like writing. not so much. Yeah, but apparently the the what he's done with with Tony Stark coming out of Civil War and uh -huh. coming out of Secret Invasion. Uh, not Secret Civil War, Secret Invasion, has been really um, it, it clever. Did, it did win an Eisner. It did. So True. maybe we might be wrong. I, <laughs> what? <laughs> Pshaw. But uh, so if you like it, uh, you can not feel alone. Uh, Stuklock uh, wrote in uh, with a review of it's which... Just, it's so hard to be Bob. Like, put your real name. <laughs> Tommy. Honestly. Maybe that is his real name, and he's crying I now. I feel horrible, then. You're an asshole. Uh, he wrote a review of Witchfinder in the Service of Angels, number three of five from Dark Horse Comics. I see Paul over there is excited. Uh, this is a, a Mignola-penned uh, story. Um, give the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. And he says, oh, the user pick of the week percentage is 1.2%. Uh, the book moves 
The book moves in a Sherlock Holmesian bit of clue collection and mystery solving and ends with some interesting clues as to how the mythical land of Hyperborea fits into the Hellboy mythology. Mr. Stenbeck's artwork perfectly fits the subject matter and, of course, the Hellboy aesthetic. His use of deep blacks and bright reds, the primary... Well, Dave Stewart. Uh, and bright reds, the primary colors of the Hellboy world really contributes to the mysterious and creepy vibe of this book. I decided to wait and read this as one thing later. Wow. Um, but I have no doubt that it's good. It's Mike Mignola. Why did you decide to do that? Uh, I don't know, like those stories can feel a little bit decompressed and I thought, like, I was really enjoying the Wild Hunt stories, but like they took a big thing in the middle right. and I just figure if it's going to be clue collecting and a mystery thing, I am totally going to lose track of that on a month to month basis. So. As evidenced by Irredeemable, where's that? Yeah. Thing? I never get away with anything, do no. I? No. <laughs> what do we do but bust each other's balls? <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, two slash marks. I, I'm out. <laughs> so, if you go to iFanboy.com. for everyone? <laughs> Go to iFanboy.com slash comics. Check out all the comics that came out and leave your reviews there. Um, so that wraps up our portion of the show about this week's comics. Um, and now we want to move to some questions from you, the audience. But before we do, we just want to thank our remaining sponsors. Uh, discount comic book service. They've got monthly specials up to 75% off with 40% off major publishers. With flat rate shipping of $5.95 for all U.S. orders. You can buy anything in previews. They've got over 5,400 paperbacks in stock available for order. You can track them. They probably got cough medicine for that dude. <laughs> You can find it all at dcbservice.com. And we want to thank Squarespace. And if you need to build a website, Squarespace is the way to do it. They host it. They've got all these great tools. Go to squarespace.com where you can check it out. Josh's blog is hosted by them. And, I have a and done by. site. It's very easy to use. Uh, go to Squarespace and use the promo code iFanboy. Uh, you get, um, you get a two-week two two week free trial, and then you get a discount by using the coupon code iFanboy. So definitely check that out. We want to thank Squarespace as well. They're mm -hmm. awesome. Um, all right, so audience questions. We have prizes for people who ask a question. So if you have a question, if you can come around here, I have a microphone. Um, speak into it. Speak into it and just say your name, where you're from, and then your question, and then I'll give you a prize. Warm it up. So <laughs> come on down, bro. Come on. <laughs> oh, don't funk. <laughs> all right, um, I'm Gabe Perez from Brooklyn, New York. Represent? Represent what what? <laughs> you May lost me. Mayhem? Mayhem? Um. Mayhem? Mayhem? <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, you guys have been podcasting for four years now. I've been podcasting really? for two. It's been four? It's been four. It's been four. Fuck. Mayhem. <laughs> Mayhem? Um, Continue. Are you surprised by the growth of podcasting over the past four years, and where do you see this podcasting going in the future? Podcasting. It's an essay question. <laughs> oh, it's like an SAT kind of thing. Um, I think, I mean, it's been great. I don't think anybody expected that we'd still be doing this four years later and that other people would be doing it. I mean, I know a, a lot of people here have their own podcasts, and that's awesome. Um, it's kind of like the... It's interesting. For me, like, I mean, I feel like we tend to just put our head down and do the show. Yep. And, like, we see, like, numbers climbing, and we see more people listening, and we see more people at the site and, and people everything. coming to but events. But it's a very... Yeah, that's actually very well, true. it's Friday night, people. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Get a light. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, no, but it's cool. I mean, I don't think it's, go I don't think it's going it. I mean, it's my career. It's our career. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere. So, um, so... I would like it to be bigger. I hope it doesn't. I mean... Yeah. I would have thought maybe... We would have shown. A, I think the economy taking a dump uh, didn't help yeah. because, like, you know, <laughs> podcasters are at the at the bottom. 
yeah. you know, of the of the advertising food chain, as it were. So if you want to make a run at it as a professional, it's a lot harder now than it was even six months ago. No, but that ago. but that is changing, and yes. there are you know things are turning the tides. I mean, the housing market know. is returning. Yes, exactly. But um, you know, I just I, I don't I, there's no reason for it to go anywhere. So I don't think it's going to disappear. It's not like you know five years and be like, oh, remember when we podcasted? You know, it's it's funny though, is that it's it's hard. It's a lot harder to break in now yeah. to stand out. And I think that's the one thing. You know, in a given niche field or something like that, it, it's going to be a lot harder to build an audience in the way that we did or that comics, Comic Geek Speak did or yeah. uh, around, around comics, comics or yeah. somebody like that. Like, the, you know, when you when we started, you'd go and you'd search comic books at iTunes and there were 10, 12, 15, something like that. Now there are hundreds. There's 250 so. plus. Really? Yeah. 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 So speaking of that, what is your podcast called? Where uh, can people find it? I have like three. I'm basically on Strangers with Comics, uh, The Fixers Hideout, and when I do that, there are no apologies. Awesome. Very good. All right, so price time. Give him a thing. All right, well, first off, you get two passes to check out Whiteout, thanks to our friends at Jimmy Hanley's Universe. And um, now you got to close your eyes and stick your hand in the bag and pick one. That's how we're going to do this. <laughs> Last time was What? Oh, this is the biggest one. There you go. That's a Walking Dead Volume 2 ultimate kind of absolute edition, I think. You don't know what's in this bag. Look at that. That's an example. <laughs> Boy, the next one's going to be disappointing. I know. Woo! It's a can. More disappointing than that. Hello, sir. Hi, uh, my name is Daryl. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I'm stalking today. He's found us. <laughs> Ask your question. I'm from New York. Uh, my question is, uh, with the indie writers that you that are new, that are coming up, what do you think will be the writers who will cross over to mainstream books? Interesting. It's you know, funny because all the guys who I was really into have crossed over in the last year and a half or so. Yeah. So like, like well, Rick Grimm, damn it. Um, Jonathan Hickman, damn it. Damn it. I mean, <laughs> well, that, that's the thing is that like I was thinking about this before San Diego because I wanted to write an article for iFanboy about who are the writers to look out for. And like you said, we're in a position there, where, there where a lot of a class of writers have moved up. Um, and waiting for that vacuum to get filled. And what I think it is actually is that who are the artists that are going to break through? I and think that that's an interesting question because I feel like a lot of the stuff that you're seeing at Dark Horse and Image, yep. uh, you know, those kind of guys who are sort of the minor leagues, I guess, for Marvel and DC and that really horrible terminology. Um, there's a lot of different styles going on there now, and it's not like, you know, if you look at Marvel, there's like a, there's like almost a photorealistic thing that's going for all of them, except for you know, on the really big books, it's guys like. Um, Oh, who did the Dark Adventures? Help me out. Mike Diodato, Diodato like Diodato. guys like that. There's a lot of that going on. Um, but like when you talk about writers, I think I, I, I'd be shocked if you don't see John Layman. No, but, John, but the funny thing, like Wizard said, newcomer John Layman, he's not. He's no, he's not a wild yeah. storm. Not yeah. everyone. Everyone yeah. works for 20 years till they break up. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see John Layman. And that's what Mark Wade did. By... Mark Wade was an editor forever. Nobody yeah. knew his name, and then yeah. you know he yeah. showed up. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough question because I don't know. I think. I think we're down cycle. We're, we're, the new books are going to hit, and then we're going to find out from that. Yeah. No, but I think like we mentioned, Jeff Lemire is going to be is gonna, I think going to be big. I honestly think Matt Kent is going to be really big as well. But these are like writer artists do both things. Um, I feel like Alex Robinson could. I think he's on the verge. I think. <laughs> um, no, but I, and I know he's. I know it could be argued that he's already there. But I think with the Wizard of Oz hardcover that came out, I think Scotty Young is going to be a, like a lister. I think what we've been yeah. talking about um, Chris Omni. Chris Omni is doing yep. the mighty. Who's the guy who's showing me new great stuff all the time. And, yep. and that's really that's yep. awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's a weird time for that. We'll see. I guess. All right. Two passes to white out, and you get to pick a book. Hand in the bag. Snap. There you go. A PvP collection from Scott Kurtz. There you go. Ooh. Next, sir. Yeah. All right. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm from Lyon. Hey, Steve. 
you know how boring it is over there? Uh, it's not boring at all. I love Long yeah. Island. He does. More than anyone. Uh, <laughs> I'm Cyber Orion on the site. Hi, Wade Wilson. Nice. He's from Australia. I mean, he's sleeping right now. Uh, I, got, I got two really quick questions. You guys interviewed a lot of people. Is there anyone you want to interview? Alan Moore. Say, say Alan. it slower. Alan Moore. <laughs> Alan Moore is the one who I... I He's his white whale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, got, I know people. Uh, but it scares the hell out of me. And what's funny is that I've heard other interviews with him, and everyone's like, okay, I can do that. And then as time goes on, I get more scared. Yeah. I forget. Well, his picture scares the crap out of me, and I'm 6'4", yeah. 250, and he looks like the Unabomber. He'll do, a, he'll do a spell on you. I'm sorry. Just in case he watches. <laughs> he doesn't watch. <laughs> you never know. I can guarantee you he doesn't watch. He doesn't use email. <laughs> um, Connor, is anybody, anybody you want to talk to? It's a community. We pretty much, I mean, yeah. Listen, it's done, fun. you know? <laughs> no, I mean, we've, we've done so many interviews that it's hard. I mean, at this point, it's yeah. talked to almost everyone. We've been very lucky in that we've had, I mean, for a while, it would be like, oh, I'd love to talk to Stan Lee, and then we'd and the people to we have and the people so, that like, don't, don't want to do on camera. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm just doing interviews out of spite. Like, I want to get the people who don't want to be interviewed. Like, Jimmy Chung, I will get an interview with Jimmy Chung, whether he wants to or not. Steve so. Epting! Yeah. <laughs> Dale Eaglesham! But, <laughs> artists. Yeah, right. artists, tend to, artists tend to not really like to get on camera and stuff like that. The writers can gab away, so. Cool. Alan Moore. <laughs> if you say his name again, he just appears behind you. I know. Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's He's like the candy man. You have one more question? Uh, yes. Stupid argument we had on, uh, on Twitter. Where does iFanboy come from? Like the name. Like when you guys came up with set. I literally don't remember exactly. All right. We wanted okay. to be fanboy.com, but I was here's, thinking. Here's yeah. the story. Yeah, we, we thought, we said, we're going to reclaim the term fanboy, similar to the way other groups have reclaimed other terms. Use your imagination. Um, and, <laughs> and I don't know what they're laughing. At. <laughs> so we're like, all right, cool. We're gonna we're, let's go a fanboy. Let's look at that. Somebody, and this is this is two thousand year two thousand ninety nine two thousand like yeah, right 99. Now. So keep in mind that the iPod had not come out yet, the iMac had not come out yet, all these sort of things came out not come out yet. At the time, words with the letter E in front of it were big, like e machines, eBay, eBay and e. stuff like that. So we thought we'll be e fanboy. That's stupid. Exactly. So then we we noticed that iFanboy was available. So we said, oh, let's do that." It's kind of like internet fanboy. There was an iMac, thing. and like yeah. we were just noticing that the i was starting to take over for the e, yeah. which we were right about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've reaped all these benefits. Oh. From <laughs> so You're getting that Steve Jobs money. <laughs> so that's the origin of the iFanboy name. And we thought it would yes. be kind of clever. Like we thought, well, it's it's like you know. We thought it would be kind of like clever. Like sort of dual meaning. Like Boy, that was wrong. Paul Cornell thinks it's i comma fanboy. Like iRobot. iPodius. Yeah. These kind of things. It if, wasn't that. But. If anybody has a time machine, go back and tell us not to do that. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> because it really it, it's been, it's been interesting. Because I love the name. I love iFanboy. I love like Dar a, Darwin Cook loves our branding. It's you, a yeah. bit of an albatross at times. It though. is. Yeah. Because like if you wanted, I'm, I literally remember Greg Rocca, who is like one of the people who who really knows us and likes us and has helps uh, helps us out now. Um, but at first, like we went to talk to him, and like you could just hear like the dis like his eyes roll. Oh, that's what you're called. No, actually, he said if and boy. <laughs> yeah, he did. We get that a lot too. Yeah. If and boy. What is if and boy? Um, so that's it. Huh? Cool. Thank you. All right. Here are your passes to whiteout. Enjoy. And pick a book. I got the Invincible Volume Four Ultimate Collection. Good job. Thank you. Thank you for. <laughs> Um, all right, so before we move to our next question, I just want to thank, before we forget, we want to thank the fine folks at Jim Hanley's Universe for hosting us. We want to thank, thank them for letting us all come here. 
And also, we want to thank we want to thank Vito Del Sante who has helped us out many times over the years, and he's got a book coming out called FCHS coming out in October. Grab that. So, excellent. All right, next question. You want to be careful around him. Yeah. Hi, my name is uh, Stephen from Brooklyn. I was just wondering. Um, I, I also like Sweet Tooth a lot. And do you think that the paper they chose? I don't know if that really makes a difference, but like I noticed that the way his art is on that kind of paper it looks a lot better than I think it would on a like super high glossy type like they use for like Green Lantern. I mean, I don't know if yeah. I'd like it if it was on a really high glossy kind of paper. What did you guys think? I think I see what you're saying. I don't know if I thought about it so much. I like that I can read it in the sun. Sometimes I go to my kitchen table and I and I read, and if it's glossy, it's difficult. So is this is easier? It's Wednesday comic. No, totally. I, yeah. I noticed that. You know what's funny is Vertigo books t tend to do this more, and I, I'm, I'm thinking it's just an, an economics thing because they don't sell a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so they use a cheaper Plus paper. Plus it's a dollar issue. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That we'll see what happens next time. Yeah. Um, it didn't really affect either direction. I just did yeah. so. it's all, it's. I mean, I, I have no problem with this kind of paper. If, if all paper was, all comics were printed on this paper and they could all be three bucks, I'd be totally cool with that. I don't need the glossy so-and-so. Yeah. Except for the trades, then I won't. I don't read those at that table. You want to pick a book? <laughs> All right. Yeah. JLA, the deluxe edition. What volume two? Volume two. That's the Grant Morrison stuff. That's really good. All right, cool. Sorry, I'm going to comment on everything like he, everyone Like wins. he was like, this is, yeah. oh, really? I, I, I kind of wanted that. Uh, <laughs> next. They'll seem to find their way to the hardcovers. That's <laughs> no, amazing. Hey, guys. I'm Brian from Edison, New Jersey. I'm also Prax Jarvin on the boards. Oh, excellent. Love me, hate me, whatever. Uh, so uh, we had you this. <laughs> we had this discussion on um, the Wednesday comics, I guess it's number nine that came out this week, about uh, what we'd like to see as like a Marvel uh, Wednesday comics. And I was just wondering if you guys had thought about it at all, or if there's anything that you would love to see in a strip format. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they already do Spider-Man in a strip. I think Spider-Man's now. I mean, the thing is about this format, I mean, I don't think it's like one character would be better in this format. You anybody could, can work in Anybody can work in this format. You know, so if Marvel was going to do this, which I don't think they will because that would be obvious copying, but yes. you could take you could take the X-Men, you could take Anyone. the Avengers, you, you could take Captain talent, America. Right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, but, but just to interject, the Flash page in this week was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. I I just, yeah. No, it's, it was fantastic. But no, I think you could. I mean, that's the genius thing of that. Yeah. Comics came from this format, and so a good writer, a good artist, you know, yeah. it's really the challenge of what creators can do with it. So, all right. Here's your quest. Here's your bag. Ah, uh, Kevin Smith, Batman Cacophony. Sorry. Planning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Next. No holds barred. All right, cool. All right. All right. All right hey guys, uh, my name's Chris from Philadelphia, ATO220 on the site. Philly, represent. Word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys could take, like, three things away from the comics culture, universe, comicdom, um, what would answers. they be, and, uh, you know, yeah, that's why I said Do we each get one? So. Yeah. Can so they count as one? Sure. Can we, no, can I count Ron and Josh as one? So what three things do you want to see removed from fandom? Yeah. Fandom or the, the or the comics industry? Hold the mic. Hold the Yeah, the whole industry. Like the, yeah, like the whole you know okay. culture and everything like that. It's a good question. It's a very good question. Uh, I, right away, the first thing that is the three-month solicit cycle. Um, I think that that wrecks a lot of mainstream books because of ongoing plots and spoilers and things like that, and the internet's driving desire to put up things first so yeah. so that you know all the covers now have to have nothing to do with anything do you remember being surprised when you read a comic 
A little bit. Like when you got, I mean, I, some of you who are younger might not remember, the older folks might remember that you got a comic, you didn't know what was going to happen in it. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I know everything that's going to happen in every book and I'm just reading to see what happens in it. So like the surprise element is gone because yeah. of this three month solicit cycle. So, uh, well, um, if it wasn't for us, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every other website or podcast except for now. Um, I would love to get uh, variant covers. Um, I, I, it's been kicking around my head and I don't know how to formalize oh, it into an article. Here's why. Daredevil 500 came out last two weeks ago, and there was an amazing four weeks ago. It was four covers, right? There were four variant covers, and of those four covers, there was a Jeff Dara one, which was the which was the Ultra Chase one, which I think was like one out of every fifty. No, my, my store in San Francisco did, yeah. It's just like they make you order way too many to get that kind of thing. It's absurd. Exactly. So, like, so what happens, the retailers need to order a set amount in order to get one of those variants. And then what happens is then the retailer charges 50 bucks for it. Because you have to. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Because you're not going to sell all those copies. You're, it, you paid for it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so, so, but what sucks about it is that me, the fan, I wanted that Jeff Darrow cover really badly, but I'm not going to pay 50 bucks for it. Download so, it on the internet. Well, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so I mean, so I understand how it, some, in a perverse way it helps retailers, and I don't want to hurt retailers, <laughs> but ultimately the fans end up hurting as well. <laughs> exactly. And that's the, yeah, so you get one. Uh, I would get rid of the idea that the most important thing in a story is the, how it fits into continuity, and not how good it is. Cause that seems Just to me. Be the, the, Just me. <laughs> seems to be the first question anybody asks is, how does it fit, and not did you enjoy it, or was it good? And that should be, it should be a consideration, but not the most important, which was, is it a good story? Yep. And not, is it line up with every other book that comes out, which it won't. Yep. That would be my thing. Cool. You thought I was going to say Straczynski, didn't you? No, take a book. We brought bags of books. We have lots to give away. Take one. I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> oh, oh, look, you weren't going to take it. Wow. <laughs> it's a signed Flash Rebirth by Jeff Johns. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Allie from Long Island now. Um, so Josh technically owes me an answer to my um, what uh -oh. are your top five ongoing series questions from the barbecue show. Oh, Ooh, I a callback. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I'm here now, so I have to do it. Uh, uh, scalped, The Mighty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just say those. Ultimate Spider-Man. Hellblazer. <laughs> no, scalped, Hellblazer, The Mighty. Mm. Fables. Fables. Green Lantern. Oh, you got three. That's for Captain good. America. All right, four. Uh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Right. Okay. No, oh, yeah, take it. Come on. So my one other question. Um, so now that Blackest Night is all. Blackest Nighty. Um, if you could be in any of the Green Lantern or any of the Lantern Corps, which one would you want to be in? <laughs> well, I just keep remembering because somebody pigeonholed us into the core. And we got orange by default. Yeah, you got orange by default. It doesn't make sense, really. I, I don't think we know what it was. I like the blue lantern. I like the compassion, no, that kind of deal. Not compassion. No, that's, that's, that's indigo, hope. I like the hope ones, yeah. It's, I don't want to be purple. Right. Um, I, would, I would have to go with blue at this point. Yeah. There's a lot of hope. Oh. <laughs> I want green because the only ones that are going to have a job, like indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else might go away. It's a practical decision. Yeah. Nice. I know I've got employment. <laughs> Pick a book. What is that? Oh, Platinum Grit from Image. That's our wild card book. Well, this Whatever. is volume one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next. Nice wristband. Oh, thank you. All right. That's one of my top five books. <laughs> Mine too. Um, I'm Jennifer from New Jersey, uh, through the brush on the boards. 
And this is sort of the opposite of Daryl's question from before, but there's always a lot of new guys in comics and there's like a constant turnover, but there are some who have managed to stick around 10, 15, 20 or more years. And I feel like some of the comics have changed a lot in that time. And I feel like some of them have adapted really well and some of them maybe not so well. So I was wondering who you thought had, had adapted the best with the times, with the changing comic format and that sort of thing. That's a really hard question. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's harder than the other one. Let's see, yeah. so like 10, 15 years, that's a good question though. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I'd say that the guy who's adjusted best and who's... who's well, artists keeps... tend to be all right with it. Yeah. It's the writers that are the difficult ones. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, but I think going further than 10 to 15 years, I think we talked about how like John Byrne and like those artists have had a hard time in the Kurt modern Busick. age. Kurt Busiek. Kurt Busiek, yeah. He's been writing for a long time. Yeah. He's adapted, he's adapted to the new style He's adapted well. well, yeah. I think if you, want, if you want to talk about somebody who, who was a really big name and then sort of dropped off the face of the earth and now has come back is James Robinson. And he's a guy who, who, I mean, he was on top of the world for a while. He, you know, that Starman is the book, yeah. um, and he, and and he went away and did movies or whatever, and he's come back, and he's. It's take. I think it's taken a little while to insinuate himself in the right way, but I think he's hit his stride now in working with the stuff that he's working with. Yeah. I think in that same vein, another guy is like uh, Garth Ennis, um, who who hit with such an impact um, with Hellblazer, but then after that, Preacher in a really big way, and then he try to do a bunch of things and now he's settled into doing the things that he's really really good at the 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 stuff that he's doing with dynamite and the war comics and 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 stuff like that are we're seeing really good stuff out of him the only drawback being is that he's not selling as many books as he used to but he's working in a place where he doesn't really need to pick a book ah, invincible volume 11 cool. excellent next how's it going guys i'm uh chris from forest hills uh compa chris on ifanboy and i don't know if you guys were queens <laughs> he lives in Queens. All right. cool. hey. I don't know if you guys are aware, but there are some very heavily hyped video game video games coming out that are based on <laughs> comics, like Batman Arkham Asylum and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. I don't know if you guys were aware of that at all. I haven't seen any ads for those books, for those games at all. None at all. <laughs> I don't think anybody has. And I was just wondering, out of all the uh, comic book-based uh, video games, What's your guy's favorite and least favorite? And that includes arcade games like the Immortal Konami X-Men game. That's a good one. Um, this is going to burst a lot of bubbles, but we're not really big gamers. Um, we're, I know. We're, ca we're casual gamers. I mean, he is, he is an Xbox. Connor and I have Wii's. I'm thinking of getting an Xbox. I'm like on the fence. Um, but I played Arkham Asylum last week, and it was pretty cool. I liked it. Um, I liked Ultimate Alliance 1. I'd play that again. We had a lot of fun playing the Wolverine demo. We did, with the lunging. But that, was, but that was about all you needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we game for about a day. Like, yeah. we, we play the game for a day and then we move on. I, it's funny, because when I do play, I don't play that many games. I'm like the kind of guy who waits after they come out, um, like, and they become the greatest hits, and they're 20 bucks. Yeah. That's when I play, so I just finished, like, like Bioshock. Yeah. So that's where I am. And I guess I spend so much time in comic books that I don't really... I'm not hunting for a comic book adaptation of the video game. I want something different from them. So, like, I played, uh, I played the Batman Arkham Asylum uh, demo, and to me, everybody's really happy about it. But like, I have books about him. I've seen the animated series. Like, it's it's stuff we've seen. It's stuff that, like, and I, when I'm, I guess if I find the time to play games, I'd want to play something else. And this is very, this is not the normal because people are going nuts about that game. You know what I'm really worried about? Hmm. 
Champions Online? I get a lot of emails about that. <laughs> a lot of PR about that one. No, but I mean, the MMO, I'm doing a World of Warcraft like superhero game, I'm like, I can't play this. because they, they did, and I couldn't play that one either. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I could play it. I couldn't play it for my job. <laughs> I could, like, I needed to not we play also, it. We also, this should be, we, we had a, uh, we all had a, an issue. We had a foray into the World of Warcraft for a while. And we, we lit like, literally lost a year. Yeah. Um, and, and none of this that we're talking about, none of the show or the website, yeah. like you should have seen the website in 2005. It was, it was a one paragraph pick of the week review that went up on like Saturday. Because we had to, because we, we had to grind. Yeah, we had a lot of epics. My armor set was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so. And we sucked. That should be the other thing. I hit 60. It took me a year, but I hit 60. We sucked. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Two left in there. And Connor, you didn't say. I played Lego Batman over Christmas. That was awesome. I have Lego Batman, yeah. Oh, Empowered. It's one of my favorites. Nice. Uh, uh, this is Excalibur from Queens. Nice, Queens represent. Oh, no, great. Mayhem. Uh, <laughs> manga question. But are you guys going to do another, um, like, another episode of talking about, like, introduce a little bit of man uh, mangas and stuff? Next uh, question. Well, <laughs> no, hey, I was, I was in Taiwan. Don't, pi don't piss him off. Seriously. <laughs> I was in Taiwan, stranded in a uh, in a typhoon. I, I was stuck in Taiwan while watching that episode, and oh, I'm I kind of like. I'm glad we entertained you during a national disaster. It's <laughs> good. Um, but um, <laughs> what if I fanboy? What um, episode were you watching during Katrina? <laughs> it's it's funny that you should ask about manga though, because I'm actually um, that neck deep in the Oishimbo. Uh, Series, I don't know if it's over there actually. He always it's, has an answer, and I hate him for it. <laughs> um, it's uh, Viz puts it out, and it's a manga about the the uh, history of Japanese cuisine. So it's in the same vein as the cup noodle manga that I love, but each volume focuses on a different. Like the volume I'm reading now is about ramen, ramen and goiza. So um, it's awesome. So I'll talk. I, we, I'm sure we could do another show. Yeah. I mean that's not out of the realm. Uh, yeah. But like, can you? Pick any long ones that are like a little longer instead of the short ones. Well, because the I made a lot of good ones that are really long. Well, we didn't pick those. Yeah, they we're yeah. all short. Right, yeah. but we didn't choose them. They were chosen by the How audience. How much do you want us to read? Yeah. <laughs> How much time do you think? Could you read all of Cerebus and do a show on it next week? No, <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, we tried it. We Ten volumes. <laughs> That's too much. That's not bad. I mean, I could read that in one day. All right, well, you know what? We will do that show in two years. <laughs> um, second question. Sorry. Um, the thing is, uh, is there any way? I mean, I mean, the way. I mean, you guys were talking about how popular mangas are. I mean, is there any way that uh, us over here in American comics, any way they could do a similar, similar like manga format? So maybe like, yeah, uh, do it weekly. May I make it weekly and then make it black and white? Or is there something that's been going on that you notice? Well, I think. I think. Um, I think that publishers like Oni Press have done the digest format. They're not doing it weekly, though, because um, I don't think the American market is set up in the same way that the Japanese market is. Yeah, and they've got a lot of Vertigo Crime books planned to come out, but they're not going to, I mean, they're going to, you know, space them out a little. Um, I think that because the market expects 22 pages per on a monthly basis to do a big fat digest in a shorter period, it'll we'll throw a, everything it, off. It'd yeah. be a lot of investment on their part, too, and I think, I, I almost think that American uh, companies have conceded that. Yeah. That kind of uh, format uh, in, a, in a certain way. I don't know. I mean, you'll see. They've, they've, they've been experimenting with it a ton over the last 10 years. I think, you know, there's. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll see. All right, the last book is Secret Six, in this bag at least. All right, so we're going to take two more questions. So, uh, My name is David. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, 
So I've always been a fan of the like the anti-drug message comics that get inserted in the middle of a book. I've loved it since I was like 14. It's prevented me from making a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he wearing a tie, so that's a yeah, good example of that. True, that's true. <laughs> um, that means so, he has a job. <laughs> I, I am employed. Are you a teacher? You have the yeah, I you am have the, the patches. I am a hip young English teacher. Wow. Oh, uh, there we go. So. Self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Boston I Public? Am a teacher. No, that's oh. a TV show. Oh, I was like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched that show. Anyway, I love that show. Um, so, if you had to pick your ideal creative team for like a new anti-drug message comic that would be inserted in the middle of a book, what might it Warren be? Warren Ellis and Jock. <laughs> that's a good combination. Yeah. Joe Casey and anyone. <laughs> Grant Morrison and someone. I would say Kirk. I would say Kirkman and Otley. <laughs> Why not? It would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can pick a book. There you go. Star Wars. Yeah. Dark Times Volume 2. Very good. All right, our last question. I'm Michael. I'm living in New York, but I'm from Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, we won't hold it against you. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kyder on the boards, I think I posted a total of three times. Um, I remember those. Yeah, I doubt it. Don't, don't toy with me, Josh. Um, I was wondering, as, as someone in Pennsylvania, in my hometown, I was the only person who liked comics. And, and there was a long period where I was like, I should probably get out of this. But I found your podcast, and it was like the reason I kept going with comic books. Well, thank you. Mayhem. Mayhem, sir. <laughs> Mayhem. Mayhem to you! <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I was wondering, that when you started to create iFanboy, when you put it together back when it was eFanboy or, or QFanboy or whatever. QFanboy, that's what we should have done. I'll go back and tell you guys. Um, That'd be a pirate fanboy. <laughs> Our fanboy. Um, I was wondering, when you were putting the, the show together, did, did you think about creating a community, or was it something that developed over time? And what does it feel like to have had that develop around? iFanboy's really evolved. It's not what it, what it is now is not what it was when we started. Although, I think having a community was always the point. No, it was. Because it started because we were having a, like an email circle with friends of ours. We thought it'd be cool to bring more people into this. Um, and then our friends didn't come to the website. They didn't come to the website. <laughs> they still so don't. Motherfuckers. <laughs> so, do you know how popular we... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think the idea was always... I mean, we've told the story before, is that in 99-2000, we got out of college. They were working in TV. I was working on the internet. And we said, let's make this website to talk about comics. I said, yeah, it's going to be great. You can come, and people can set up an account, and they can make a profile, and they can link. The, they can say, these are my friends, and you can comment on things and stuff like that. And this is like three, four years before friends are in MySpace. I remember I thought of the microwave. <laughs> exactly. So, and it would cook food very fast. <laughs> so had we not gone right into comics, it could, it could have been a different story. But we did comics, and it became what it became and we'd start doing the podcast and people start coming to the site and honestly like that was the intention but we never expected it and every day is like a it, every day is like a gift it's like i can't believe yeah, that some all days. you i well, yeah some days <laughs> i can't believe that that so many people use the site that we've grown so much that so many people listen and watch us that so many people come to live events i mean it's, it's beyond our expectations people, like, yeah know us and that's yeah. neat yeah it's um, very cool but that said we can't do it without all of you all so like we're i'm personally immensely thankful to every to you to everybody so Mostly you. Yeah. <laughs> so that said, here's your pick a book. <laughs> oh, is that the movie book? It's the yeah. movie. Oh, the Tim Burton thing, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. Cool. You can throw cool. The Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Oh, and here's everyone's favorite part of the show. <laughs> Where it goes off the rails. The end.
So, um, Connor. Oh, sorry. That's what the C means. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Don't give away the code. <laughs> you can check out ifanboy.com for Josh's Pick of the Week review. You can check out all of our great writers. Paul is one of them. He's sitting there. Paul. Um, give it up for Paul. <laughs> and you can all the great discussion topics at the website. You can find everything, our social network links. You can be our friends at ifanboy.com. Yes. ifanboy.com slash about. You can find our social networking links. All the stuff is there at ifanboy.com. And if you like what we do at ifanboy.com, uh, the audio and video podcast and everything, we have a membership program. Uh, I hope some of our members are here Who's tonight. Who's a member? Who's a member? Raise your hand. Thank you very, nice. very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, and if you're not a member, for those who didn't raise your hand, uh, you can sign up for four bucks a week or 42 bucks a year. Uh, or a month. A month. A month. Sorry. Four bucks a month. <laughs> you, you, you can do four a week. It's not a Ponzi scheme. Um, so <laughs> four bucks a month, 42 a year, and you get some uh, stickers and some pins, and we send you a free comic to replace that $4 that you're spending. Um, if you've got a little more money, you can spend 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year and get you a free T-shirt as well as all the other great stuff. And we do ifanboy.com for free, and you all, all the members help us keep the lights on and keep everything going. So thank you very much for your support. And you can also, go to ifanboy.com forward slash store, and that's where you can sign up for the membership, as well as purchase our limited edition t-shirts. We brought back the Herm shirt, which is in the audience. Everybody can see the Herm shirt in the wild. Um, so if you, did, if, you missed, if you missed your opportunity to get a Herm shirt, order it now. Um, you can also get the Power Responsibility t-shirt that has nothing to do with Please. any spider-related characters. And for those here, we have some. If you haven't bought one yet and you'd like to buy one, we've got, a, we've got them here. Um, yes, we brought them. And, uh, but if you, don't wanna, if you don't have any money tonight, go to ifanboy.com forward slash store. You can pick them up there. Cool. Um, we normally do a video show. This is going to be a video show. Um, we are going to take a, a little fall break. We've Yay. done 135 straight in a row. <laughs> we work hard, <laughs> and I need a little time. <laughs> but listen to me. I'm telling you, we're three of we're on. It's on the record. We're coming back. Yes. I promise. It we, will be good. It will probably be better. We've already got shows planned. Yes, yeah, we, we do. We, no. No. <laughs> then it won't come back. No. no we'll break our promise. We're actually, I'm actually taking a vacation, like a legitimate real vacation where, mm -hmm. you know, like it's a, yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, it never stops. It never stops. It never, like the mail. Yeah. It's terrible. So uh, this, this will be a video show, and then it'll be a little while. Watch ifanboy.com for updates on when that's coming back. But it is. We promise. Yep. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail, 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Any comments, questions, concerns, death threats? I don't even remember it. And finally, if you dig us, you dig what we do, go to iTunes, write a review, let people know, um, let people know in your respective comic book stores. You had such a great time at, your li at, at the live show. Um, sp help spread the word about iFanboy. We appreciate everybody who does, so thank you as well. Um, so thank you, everybody, for coming. We appreciate it. We're ever thankful for you. Please shop at Jim Hanley's Universe. Help thank them by spending money. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Awesome. 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 Awesome.